You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast. Welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-host Aaron Varola. Yo, what's up, folks? Welcome to episode 132 of the Fanboy Garage. Another week, another episode. We are so happy to have you guys with us again. We are still missing our banana. I hope she's well, enjoying this Valentine's Day. Um, but we are without our third musketeer. But there is so much for us to talk about. WandaVision continues to delight, blow our minds in so many different directions and, and senses. It's it's nuts. Uh, Zack Snyder finally drops a trailer, a f- color trailer for his cut of Justice League without using the song Hallelujah. Thank God. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff that we, we missed last week that we'll be talking about. Um, Disney Disney Plus releases some numbers. They're going and they're releasing something else on premium access. So we'll we'll just give you guys all of that. But we'll start with Wandavision, Chris. Yeah, what did you think of it? I mean, this was a really it was a cool episode because it it really mixed like a lot of fun, right? With yeah. like some actual like with some substance and you know like I like the balance now that they've hit where now we're getting like we're going back and forth right so we're we're watching the sitcom elements unfold and there's still that and you're kind of picking out the references and all of that and yeah you know and now we're in the 90s so like there was like a whole Malcolm in the middle kind of vibe of like those like self-aware type of shows where like the kids kind of talk to the the camera right they talk to the viewer and all of that yeah. uh but uh, but at the same time, we're also now we're focused on sword and what's going on there, and we're starting to like really dissect, like get into the mystery. And I think this is a balance that some of the people that early on that had issues with the show, maybe in like the very beginning, this is kind of maybe what they were looking for, where it would right. be a little bit more of this type of balance. But I mean, we have three more episodes left, and I mean, there was a lot of like a lot of fun things to pick out here in this one, like. The costumes, obviously, um, yeah, you know the the yep. old school comic accurate Scarlet Witch Vision costumes, the Quicksilver, and the you know the kids with their references with what they were wearing and all of that stuff. Like mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, you had the little kick ass reference Easter yep. egg, which is also really cool. Uh, considering that, you know, interesting that they did show you in the beginning. Um, the Aaron Taylor Johnson Pietro yeah. Quicksilver that you know we we remember right from Age of Ultron. So like right. clearly they're right. not wiping that version out of the history books. Not that we really thought they would, but like obviously, and they make a reference in this in in the most sitcommy kind of way, right? Where they like, why do you look different? You know, like they had that little mm-hmm. conversation. Um. And but you know, funny with this this version of Quicksilver, Pietro, whatever, like he has his powers are more reminiscent of the Marvel, the the Avengers, the Aaron Taylor Johnson Quicksilver, and mm-hmm. he has his memories clearly because he remembers right. being shot, which 
obviously the Evan Peters version of Peter Maximoff that didn't happen. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of things, and it's it's like there's a lot of awareness now within this. So Vision obviously is very aware of what's happening, and right. even uh, Quicksilver, Peter, Pietro, whatever, he seems also somehow. Oh, he's totally in tune with what's happening. Yeah, like, he is not. It. I mean, it is literally what we were theorizing last week, where he's been plucked out of somewhere else. Yeah, but like all of that knowledge comes with him. Like, I'm okay. I'm just gonna go over here now, um, and here's why. Um, yeah. I mean, some of this stuff doesn't match, right? So he, his memories of like the past, yeah, don't sync with Wanda's, right? Right, because he's a totally he's a different person in a way, mm-hmm. but he does have some of those other memories yes. that Pietro had. Yes. Um, but he's very, he's more direct, right? Like, Oh, I'm the guest. He, I mean, he says it, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, the guest appearance on the show. And I'm just meant to cause some drama, right? you know, between you and the husband and yada, da. So he has a very specific role to play, but he, um, he sits there and he tells her like, look, you could talk to me. Yeah. You know, like I so, can... But it was also weird. It almost felt like he was fishing for stuff. It, yeah, well, that's the thing. So, I mean, there are theories out there right now that are, like, saying, like, you know, is he, maybe, is this Mephisto, you know, that figured oh, out God, a way like to... Every, everybody is Mephisto. Everybody's Mephisto, right? Yeah, so... But is he, like, what is his, is his role here? Was he dropped there um, yeah. for some, you know, to, yeah. to try to figure this all out? You know, so yeah, that's... I mean, there's a, there's a lot of references that he makes when he refers to the kids as like wreak havoc, demon spawn, yeah, stuff like that, which is a direct reference because their souls in the comic books are shards of Mephisto's, mm-hmm. and, and there there all were of that good stuff. There are moments where he's questioning her, and he does it like almost in a very brief, like aggressive way, and then like she's like, "What?" and then he kind of like snaps into makes like a joke about it. Right. You know, like that happens right. a few times too in the episode where you start to say like, oh, okay, really happening here. You know, but yeah. again, then he'll say something like, you know, hey, I don't know how I got here. Like I last time I know I was getting shot, you know, in the street and I was right. dead. And then here I am being but brought back here. Here's the funny thing, though. So within that within that line, I mean, hey, guys, like when you're listening to the show, we're getting deep, right? So he says that line about getting shot. He's never met Vision before, yet he knows that Vision has died already. Right. Right? Yeah, because so, he says your dead husband can't. It's not like your husband can right, die twice. Die twice, yeah. Which pisses off Wanda. Yes. Which shows her that her core is Vision because she automatically attacks Pietro for that statement. Yes. Like, right away. Um. But also, it, how powerful she is. Yeah, but also it, it means <laughs> yeah. though, like, wait, how does he know that? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I think I, I, this is the point of the show where I'm like, okay, start answering some questions. Mm-hmm. Like, let's stop with the questions because it feels like we're just we're all holding the shovel, just digging a little deeper, a little deeper, and like it's just the un. This is my concern with the Watchmen when we were watching. I was like, are we going to get any answers to some of this stuff? And I hope – I know that they will get there. Yeah. Um, well, 
Although I, I will say, point. yeah, the one thing we always have to be careful of, though, and and I've because I've had this experience myself with these shows is, you know, these questions that a lot of these questions that we're asking right now, these are our questions, right? Yeah, so the the questions of the show, they are starting to ask those questions, and we're starting to get some answers to those questions, yeah. right? Yeah. It's these other things like the things that we're really digging into, and and look, there's three episodes left. And I'm assuming they will eventually, because look, even the thing with Agnes, right, Um, where she's in the car, like, you know, people are saying like when when he zaps her back, right, in, and she's like, people think like that little look on her face when he zaps her back means that like she actually remembers the whole thing, right? Like she doesn't, like that wasn't her being zapped in and out. Well, dude, she like laughs. Yeah. In, like when she's in it, no, you but know, I she's, mean, yeah, she's very different from from the other guy who was panicking. Yeah, exactly. You know, oh my gosh, it's and she was asking like, questions and she was inquisitive. Right, yeah. right. So very different. Yeah, Herb. So she and Herb are the only ones that that know that they're in a show. That yes. they know that they're looking to Wanda for direction. Right when right. things kind of. Do you want me to change that for you? Oh, you know, do you want me to do that? Do you want me to take it again? Yeah. Um, those two are very, they're very weird in this. In while everyone else is kind of going through the motions, you know, it seems like people are frozen, kind of doing their little thing. Yeah, it, it it looks like continues to push the boundaries. Yeah, the people that are not involved directly, I guess, right. in the show are just kind of like whatever. They're frozen in time in their moment. Right. Yeah. But clearly aware that they're frozen, mm-hmm. which is oh my god, yeah. it's kind of it's so tragic. Yeah, because you see the woman, the tear comes down. Yeah, yeah, yeah that awesome know. CGI tear that comes rolling down her cheek. <laughs> yeah, like you can't jump like a tear. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the kids frozen in in their uh, their Halloween costumes. You know, it was yeah. as Vision. Oh God, Vision! You know, Vision trying to escape. Yes. Um, was nuts. It's like. Can he only exist in that reality because he's been, you know, he's been manifested in there? Therefore, well, it, I mean, that's they—they really they clearly, clearly, they clearly make that a point because when she expands the yeah, world, she whatever, she as soon as she, like he's back in it, he's back, right, right, um, right. And I mean, look, they're more hint, <clears throat> more hints that. Uh, the guy, what I'm, I'm blanking on his name at this moment. Hayward. Hayward, thank you. Uh, is somehow like was he trying to like weaponize Vision? You know, like what was yeah. his deal? Like that whole thing. Like they're clearly building something with that. And- yeah, and and then when you look back, uh, you know, obviously Wanda knows that he is the director, mm-hmm. right? In 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 her reference to him, you know, like I'm not the one with guns drawn director. Yep. So maybe she was, you know, maybe she was working with Sword at some point. Found out that that Vision's body was being weaponized. I mean, the whole conversation that uh, that he has with uh, Rambo in the beginning about AI and robotics, like you know, it's sort of like the direction that Sword is moving is it because of because of Vision that they were doing that. You know, they finally sure. got their hold of his body, and she got pissed off, and you know kind of went through it all yep and it stole it back yep i mean we don't know i'm sure we're right. going to get all of those answers yeah there's a lot of uh, layers or, still left to 
kind of unpeel. Yeah. But uh, but there's I mean, but now so with much happening with so many people now and so many things in this in the hex, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Darcy's in there now. Yeah. So we know yeah. what happens when people are pulled into that. Like they already talked about. Like, so are are they going to wind up with some type of? Is she going to wind up with some type of powers? You know, and uh, they made reference to Monica again with her. Yeah changes her cellular changes and like all of that stuff and um Mm -hmm. so we have to see like where that all goes but now that there there's more people and people who are in the know right because we saw what happened when when monica went in there like she she still was she went in and out of awareness right yeah so like it'll be interesting to see now with these people in there like with the darcy in there like what what happens like what do does she maintain a level of awareness where she can start to uncover some things or yeah you know and i mean they're moving now into the 2000s right so i'm assuming more reality style tv right right yeah um so it's gonna be interesting to see how that how how that all kind of works and yeah and plays and does um, vision maintain memories of of what happened to him like when yeah, he left you know that. It, it's it's kind of funny because in this episode when it starts and they're doing the costumes he's like yeah i tried to get other clothes but there was nothing le- you know there was yeah. no other clothes available to me basically like saying like you want me to put on these clothes this is what i have to do yeah um but the tension is there and he is now free of wanda's yeah control to a degree but, like he goes along to a certain extent, yeah. but he is like on a mission. Yeah. And interesting stuff too with Agnes where like she says, oh, you're Vision. You're one of the Avengers. You're Vision. And he said, yes, right. I am Vision. But he has no idea what the Avengers are. What the Avengers are. Yeah. 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 I mean, it would make sense. I mean, um, you know, Wanda trying to spare him from, from some of that potentially. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Who knows? It's possible because um, clearly she – she needs him to not have his memory of what happened to him. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, you can't just pick and choose, right? Yeah. The other interesting thing is when he makes his way out, the Mind Stone is intact. Yeah. It's there. Um, and I know we've seen in trailers where it looks like she's pulling it back together. So I want to see how... <laughs> how that's working um and you know we're we're in we're in store for some other cameos and things like sure. that I'm monica's for, guy yeah monica's guy which i'm like if it's reed richards oh i wasn't even thinking that i didn't even are you serious yeah i mean i just because I, I i was just like i'm so fixated on like <laughs> this stuff being like you know, it's always gonna like I'm just hooked on like this whole like it's just gonna be like Doctor Strange or something like that, but or Banner or or Banner, yeah, you know. So, but I mean, see, to me, I think no. if she said she Richard, had a, I, you know what, I, I started to think like you know you might be onto something there because if it was Banner and she said, "Well, I have a guy," like would she say I have a guy or would she say because I mean people know who he is, right? Yeah. Like, I almost feel like she said, I have a guy because, like, it's not somebody that they might necessarily know. 
Right, right, right. Because right. like, if yeah, I was exactly. talking to you, right, and we were talking about somebody that we knew, like I wouldn't say, oh, I, I'm going to go, uh, I got a guy I could ask about that. I'd say I got, right, I'm going right, to go right. ask blah, 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 whoever, you know, in certain. Yeah, ways. like I'm going to go ask like Smart Hulk. Yeah. Da, 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 yeah. And like put the, you know, restore faith. Oh, oh, you got Smart Hulk in your pack, pocket? Yeah, that's cool. Sure. But like if she's like, I have Reed Richards and somehow Reed Rich, I, you know, this is me just going stretching so hard like stretch armstrong and he gets a he and the rest of his squad get affected by wanda and that's how they become i don't know i don't know just making it all up (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's how they become the fantastic four that'd be awesome but but that's not happening no no and that's way too yeah plus yeah exactly i don't know that i would want that but is she creating mutants is the other thing is Wanda with, yeah. her, the, with the expansion. Sure seems like and, it, right? Right. And the manipulation of, of folks' DNA and molecular structure, is she creating is she creating mutants? Yeah. It, it, that, to me, is like It seems crazy. like it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Um, and that the would make sense because it would make sense because you would, um, I mean, you have to figure out some way where that is going to be incorporated into this, right? Since they've had to avoid it. I mean, yeah, we had the Inhumans and stuff like that, which is kind of the same. But you know, you you do need to have a a jumping on point, I think, for that, right? Other than saying, "Oh, well, they were always there. We just didn't." I mean, look, Spider Man exists, right? And he's a mutant, but right. you know, in the sense of that, so it's not they just couldn't Met- refer to them as mutants. But it, it certainly seems possible that they could be uh, build. They're definitely building towards a, those types of concepts for sure. Right, right. Because we, you know, yeah. we really now they. I mean, they were digging deep into. I mean, look, we get that eventually Monica Rambeau is most likely going to get her powers right that she has in the sure. comics. But well, I mean, they really the fact that they had to, they could have done that without telling us about her cell structure and all of that stuff, and you right. know, digging deep into that whole the science of it all so there's got to be something to that yeah and i mean you know she's she's also special case she's been around captain Mar- marvel so we don't we don't know what kind of right and they said oh captain marvel exposure to things she's had yeah captain marvel got her powers from an infinity stone right like wanda yeah so because yeah, that's what i'm, you I'm know. i'll tell you man these episodes they they are so short. I'm I uh, at the end of each episode. I'm like, damn, yeah. I'm gonna wait another week. Yeah, uh, but yet at the same time, like brutal. they're they're at the point now where you know with the three episodes left, it feels like there's plenty of time still to to really just kind of yeah. bring this home and and dive deep and get us into all of this stuff that we need to get to. Um, yeah. Wherever that's I'm sure gonna, they're gonna extend those episodes. Wherever it's gonna lead, it could be know. sure. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Uh, what I'm really excited about is to see what uh, what sort of impact this stuff has on on the rest of the MCU. That's really where I'm going with all this. Uh, I mean, they said it was going to have a major impact, right? And yeah. So yeah, I'm I mean, excited about that. Cool. Yeah. Next week, here we go, or this week rather. Well, yeah, this week as we this week. Woohoo! Episode all seven. Right. Yeah. So. Um, where do you want to go next? Well, I mean, the the natural progression would be, I guess, to talk about the 
the Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer that we didn't get a chance to talk about since it's right. you know a Disney Plus show and it's the next thing coming right after this show is over. Um, Dude, I love that trailer. Yeah, it's a great trailer. I I love that trailer. I love the bullshit between the two of them. I love the competitiveness between them. The action looks great. You know, uh, it just it just looks like like it comes from the DNA of of uh, of the Captain America movies, which you it, know, right? Yeah, which which it, does. it should, yeah, hundred percent. But I'm saying like it legit feels like like WandaVision is its own thing. Yes, this definitely feels like it's coming from that world, right? And that that is that is exciting, like the espionage, like yeah. You know, well, and I think Baron a, Zemo coming back, yeah, with purple mask, and all that stuff. I think a, a big reason why you're you know, you feel that is because too. Don't forget with Wanda and Vision, we saw them in these movies, but like we don't, we didn't have a feel for what their world was. You know, they never had their own right. movies, right? Um, whereas you know, Captain America had his three movies. Well, you know, two focused movies and then Civil War, right? But it still had the same themes for the most part. So when we've seen him with the other movies, so yeah, I mean, it would make sense that a movie set in his universe. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it would have that type of feel. But I mean, look, they spent a lot of money on this show. And I thought it was cool how, like, the poster and the trailer gave you, like, these little things. Like, oh, look, there's that character and this character. And, you right. know, and it was just like, it kind of revealed you get to see, like, the scope of the show. You know, yeah. like, it, which is big. It's a big show. So, yeah. And both both Sam and Bucky look like they were, they're throwing the, the yep. shield around. Yeah. Which is awesome. It's really cool. I I think I think there's a little trickery, of course, uh, in the in the uh, trailer with with what it looks like Bucky kind of like either catching the shield or throwing it. I think it's like a reverse. Yeah, a reverse. and then just U.S. agent and yeah, you know, that's really cool. I mean, shield and you know, my boy uh, Phil from uh, Special Effects Comics and Collectibles is like selling a. I think a nine nine zero graded CGC copy of the first appearance of uh, U.S. Agent, um, which I want to get my hands on, but I'm like I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that comic is flying flying hot at the moment. Um, it's going to be cool to see see that character because um, we haven't really. I mean, we've seen some spy. I've seen some spy shots, right? Of what the costume looks like, but uh, and the the poster is um, it's a little tough to tell, yeah, because it's small, like in the it's a small part of it. Yeah, but hoorah! That's like in a couple of weeks, man. Yeah, yeah, March nineteenth, the know, day like after little... Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, and a week, well, like a week after, uh, a week or two weeks after the end of the uh, Wandavision. Uh, right, yeah. One division ends on the week of the fifth. It would be the right, not the week of, but it's the, the fifth. I the think. fifth, yeah. So you get a couple weeks yeah. there. Yeah, a couple of days there. Yeah. So sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna be a good good show. But you yeah. mentioned you mentioned the other thing. I did that other little thing. Uh, so today, yeah, as we little thing. yeah, as we record this today, it's February fourteenth, and it is the day that um, we finally got the. The trailer for, and I'll say the first official trailer, right, for Zack Snyder's Justice League. And right. um, 
you know, it was like you said, it was in color this time. You got a, a an idea of the score, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't use Hallelujah, uh, so Hallelujah for that. And um, it, uh, I, I really liked it. I, you know, I, we've said this before. I mean, one thing that Zack Snyder certainly has always been able to do is really create some beautiful shots. Right. And that opening shot of Superman and the closing shot of Superman, I thought were just awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, everyone's kind of flipping out right now over the whole Joker nah. thing at the end. But that that to me wasn't anywhere near the coolest thing in the, the trailer. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the, the visuals are, are what they are. I mean, they're what you would expect them to be. You know, uh, they're cool and it looks epic and it looks huge. And, um, you know, it's funny at this point, so I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about this. And I think one of the biggest reasons why is because of the fact that, well, there's two reasons. I think one of them is that, uh, it's been a while since we've had like an epic superhero movie, right? Like this type of thing. And it's probably, it's probably going to be a long time before we get another one. Right. Like when you really think about it, because if you see where the MCU is headed, at least short term, right, like with mm. this year and next year, and you see where like kind of DC is at right now, um, it's probably going to be a while, you know, before we get anything else like this, where you see all these characters together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool. And I think also the fact that the context of this movie is different now. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at this with 2021 eyes, you know, um, not having to look at this as part of a shared universe where I'm going to have to live with this version of these characters, like in right. every movie, changes your perspective, right? Because now yeah. you can sit and enjoy this for what it is, right? Like an Elseworlds tale sure. um, that is, you know... Yeah, there are still connections, clearly, to elements of the DCEU that are still alive, right? Like Aquaman, for instance, I mean, you know, and Wonder Woman. I mean, the the actors playing those characters are the same people, right? And they are essentially the same characters, despite some, you know, creative differences. Um, You know, but uh, I think that for the most part, you'll be able to kind of watch Man of Steel and BVS and this, and it could be, it's one big story. And I think in that context, that's cool because there's a lot of different ways you can go with these characters. And DC has done that a lot over the years. And, you know, like just the way you look at like the animated movies and stuff like that in the comics, there's these different takes on these characters. And in their own like little isolated worlds, like they can all be cool as long as the quality is there. Mm -hmm. Um, So now we have that opportunity, you know, where we don't have to focus on like, this is the shared universe. This is going to be their version of the MCU. And you're going to have to live with this. And if you don't like the tone and you don't like the feel for a shared universe, you know, you you have to focus too much on that. I, I like the mm-hmm. fact that I can judge this as a Justice League movie that's its own story um, and is something right. that's going to be different, you know, from what we've seen before. And uh, clearly, as somebody who has written off the theatrical version of Justice League. Um, I do at least like the fact that, you know, there's going to be a real score for this movie that seems to fit 
right? It seems to be like epic. It seems like it's going to fit the tone and the feel. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, look, good, good for, again, you know, good for Zack Snyder. He's going to get to tell a story. I feel like there's a lot of hype for this. Um, I know Ron Diesel had asked uh, us a question about it, you know, whether we think that, um, you know, here, I'll read you the actual. He says, now... With the trailer for Snyder's Justice League, is that going to be enough to get people that don't know about the Snyder Cut to sign up for HBO Max? Or is it a wait and see because we just don't know? I mean, I think it's a wait and see in the sense that I don't, I don't, it's hard right now to quantify how people are going to react as far as subscriptions and stuff like that. Um, You know, we won't know that to the end, but I do feel like there's a lot of excitement for this. And I Mm -hmm. do feel like, I feel like what what I've seen, and I haven't really been on social media much, um, which I'm happy about. But I and you might have a better perspective on this or a different perspective than I do. But it, I feel like what I've seen now is more like the the people who were really for this film are kind of celebrating right now and happy. And then there are people like myself who are just like, wow, this is really cool. Like I'm kind of excited for this now. And I haven't seen a lot of the negativity. Mm. I feel like that's worn off a little bit and that's fine. That's cool. And I think that that's a product of time, uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, so I, I, I don't really know, but I do, I feel like there's a lot of excitement. This feels like a big deal. And I think it feels like a bigger deal than you than it normally you normally would get for because this isn't a director's cut, right? Right. This is a this is I saw somebody actually call it like a remake of the theatrical version of Justice League, uh, and in a lot of ways that's kind of what this is. Um, it, it is more that than it is director's cut. This is a whole different film, different feel, different everything. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. How, how how do you feel about this thing? <clears throat> I was underwhelmed. You were underwhelmed? Yeah. I was I was underwhelmed by it all. So, um, like, based on expectations or based on just what you No, I just saw. There was a lot of stuff I've already... I mean, obviously, there's a lot of stuff I've already seen. And I... Um, I need to see it. I need to see the narrative of this. Like the visuals aside, I, I, you know, it is what it is. Like to your point before, Zack Snyder knows how to make a movie look really good. Um, does the story stick? Is the thing for me. You well, know? I mean, how is there a way to really <laughs> convey I mean, the narrative of a four-hour movie in a trailer? No, 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 no. There, there. Well, yes, no. There is, there, there is a way to do. There is certainly a way to do that. Um, you know, it being a first trailer, but like it being only a couple of weeks out, or like a month or so out. Maybe there was something more that I was expecting to see there. Um, like I feel like I'd have already seen most of that stuff. You know what I mean? Well, and so I, yeah, I mean, I think part of that too is when you release teasers for your teasers and trailers, you know, things like trailers for your trailers. Like after a while, yes, you will start yeah. to see a lot of the same stuff. But at the same time, I, I feel like you know there, there was probably only so much that they want they want to reveal, and I, I'm okay with that too because yeah, you know, then you don't want to reveal too much. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess to your point, they could have um, given you a little bit more of like shaping the narrative. I do think that there is an assumption that th- this movie was appealing to a specific audience that, that knows what this story is, right? Yeah. And that knows what it's about. Uh, and that the visuals will appeal to the general You're audience, right. you know, just seeing like Superman and Batman. It's like, that's cool. And the Joker yeah. going to get people's attention. People so, like, oh my God, finally, you know, he's, he's put his fingerprints all over this again. And it looks yeah. amazing. That, it's going to take more than that for me. Um, as I said, like, I know he makes visually stunning films, you know, um, but you can't put lipstick on a pig. And I'm very skeptical about about it now, probably more than I was before. Um, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I just I, I wasn't like I wasn't like, oh, my gosh, I absolutely need to see this. I'm like, this is going to be four hours that I'm going to have to dedicate watching this. I hope this shit is worth it. Like, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um well, but now, so with that, though, that means you, there probably wasn't much that they were going to be able to give you in a trailer, though, that was going to... No, I mean, of, that Superman shot is dope. Which one? Like, that, the, where he's in black and oh, his yeah. eyes just light up. Like, yeah. that shit is fire, man. Literally, yeah. Like, that, <laughs> literally, yeah. It's, it's amazing to... It's cool to see that shit, you know, because Superman of all characters was the one that probably, you know, was the most egregious in, in the Justice Justice League film. Oh, God, yeah. But, it, well, I mean, Batman backed that up, but, like, throwing Batman back in the nightmare thing, like, and teasing that, I'm like... Oh, and the Joker thing, I, I thought it was, like, too much at the end. I was kind of like, we didn't need to see, I didn't need to see all that. Like, that's not going to get me over the hump and be like, oh shit, I absolutely need to see this because. No, but again, though, you, you know, I mean, clearly though, I mean, social media was, is buzzing over right. that. So that's the yeah, point. Yeah, but they just released photos of him yes, before all of this. They did. So like, you didn't even, they didn't even need that. No. And, and to me, they didn't need that to, they didn't need to drop that in the trailer. Um, so. And, to, and like Unless where my you mind automatically it. goes is like, how much of your stuff was completed? How much did did your stuff end up in the theatrical cut? And I would say seventy five, eighty percent of what I saw in that trailer was already in the in the movie. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See, I didn't get that vibe at all. I mean, part of that is because I, I mean, the Joker scene obviously is not because it was created for this. Um, the right. Superman in the black suit thing, not that wasn't like that anyway, right? Um, yeah, but like, I mean, the, the thing with Flash stuff, saving the, the Batmobile, Iris West, the, I mean, that wasn't obviously in the theatrical because right, she wasn't but, in but there. we know that it was right. I, I that was in the trailer, but like the Flash running through the street, the Batmobile scene, the scene in the in the silo where they're where they're fighting off against all of the parademons. Even the even the Steppenwolf scene in the in the beginning, like the epilogue of uh, not epilogue, prologue of uh, of the film, like some of that's already in there where he fights like. Sure. Well, I mean, look, there were there are, and and I think a part of that is because of the fact that there was Zack Snyder footage in the theatrical cut, right? So he's not going to scrap all of that clearly because 
he's made a four-hour version of it here, so he was going to need all of that footage and more. And then some, yeah. Right, to complete this. So, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it's like, again, you know, going back to like the whole, um, you know, the I mean, look, Richard Donner, uh, you know, and, and Richard yeah. Lester. I mean, yeah. Richard Lester had to use footage that Richard Donner had already shot because Gene Hackman and Margot Kidder and them refused to show up for... Mm-hmm. For the reshoots for Superman two out of protest, right for Richard Donner uh, uh, being fired. So, like sometimes you just you're going to have to do that. And uh, look, Zack Snyder. I mean, look, he shot footage. He shot. He had hours and hours of footage. He had a narrative that he was shaping and forming before you know it was taken away. So of course he's not going to scrap that stuff. And and th- look, the general story is going to be the same. I mean, we've said this already, right? right. They, this is not going to be right. like a retell. I mean, there may no, be no, things... No, 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 100%. Yeah, it's there's going to be... be like a repackaging. Sure, there's that things stuff. that are going to be re-added and things that... Uh, things, not re-added, things added in, reshot, uh, new stuff shot, stuff like that that's going to be jumped. But for the most part, the narrative was already there. It was shaped. It's not going to be dramatically different. But right. there are going to be differences. Um and, and no, 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 clear, yeah, clearly. Even yeah. subtle things, though, right? So just like, again, the score, um, you know, how you your opening scenes, your closing scenes, like things like that, though, can make a big difference, um, you know, in the way that a, a movie um, works. Like what I appreciated about the trailer is is, and you called it out, was the opening of like the bell being rung, you know, the. I guess I forgot what they do. They say Earth's hero or something like that is dead or something like that is gone, and they show like that sound wave of him screaming, like crossing through the universe. Yeah. Like I, I thought that was awesome. It's a nice way to tie it together to BBS. Sure. The ending there. Um. But then it, again, it was like everything else was like oh boom 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 like image 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 and, and I was like uh, uh, you know. I mean, yeah, I that's kind of what trailers are. I need to sit down and just watch it. Yeah, yeah you know, at I this mean, point, I don't, I don't even. I, we didn't need. I, I, I'll be honest. I don't think we needed this trailer. Like, because the people are gonna watch that, that are gonna want to watch it are gonna watch it. Well, but you were gonna get trailer a trailer, though. I mean, you didn't. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. Sure. It's just what you do, right? I mean, you don't. Yeah, and you get people buzzing, and again, don't sure. forget. You know. From our perspective, I mean, we were going to watch this no matter what, but there are still people that have no idea that this is a thing, and they might now, yeah, so it's, right after today. Yeah, but to answer to answer uh, Ron Diesel's question, there's enough of that trailer that's in the original, the, oh, I'd say the original, the, the Justice League version, that people are going to be like, didn't I already see this movie? Well, but did they, though? Nobody went to see that movie. <laughs> That's the problem, right? That's why we're kind of here talking about this, true, right? True, true story. But I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this: like, is it enough for people to, to his question, sign up to HBO Max, check it out? Well, maybe. But here's the other thing too. I mean, to, I to your point, so. we we sat and watched the theatrical version of Justice League together, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even know that I've actually rewatched it since, maybe once or twice here or there. I, I rewatched it to shit all over. Not all the way through. Well, you totally picked there. up on seventy five percent or whatever you said of the, that you feel like of the footage in that trailer was in the theatrical cut. I didn't. Right. So to mm. me, watching that, I was just like, I didn't 
that that didn't even register felt, for me. Felt new to you. So yeah, I don't know how many people, considering how Justice League fared at the box office, are going to sit there and necessarily make that connection. Because I don't, I don't know that a lot of people are are even going to... I don't know that that's crossing people's minds right now. I think that there is still a lot of audience out there, especially three-plus years later, right, that are going to look at this as a, a new thing, mm. you know, and or at least I, I guess, a new version yeah, of something maybe that they, they're kind of familiar with. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't... I guess. Now, whether, no, I'm, I'm, that revolt, whether that results in... In HBO Max subscriptions, not that's the hard part to say because I don't. We still don't know yet. Yeah, there's I mean, no I don't real. Think it's gonna make right. I'll I mean, be honest, I don't think it's gonna make that much of an impact. No. we can um, look at numbers like that. Yeah, and and you know what? That's not even necessarily a knock on the movie itself because no, it's just it's such a niche. It's such a niche audience that would have already gravitated correct. to. Yes. Wonder Woman 1984 and all the other DC related stuff that's currently sitting on the library of HBO Max. This is no right. different. No, and it's right. And we we have not. I don't think right now. I mean, look, we saw, you know, numbers went up with Wonder Woman, and we we've seen you know Disney Plus release some numbers, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. And we've seen those numbers going up and stuff like that. But it's hard to quantify how much of that truly is based on one particular movie, right? Mm-hmm. You know how much. A particular one particular movie can move the needle in regards to that stuff or how much of it is just overall momentum being built up by a particular streaming service um mm-hmm. so it's i i think it's it's going to take more than just the release of a film and the release of a trailer to, to start moving things so yeah and i don't i don't know that a lot of people right now like you said are, are sitting back saying like oh i'm gonna wait and then when Zack Snyder just looks at then I'll subscribe that weekend. Yeah. And give right. it like a shot for a month, right? I, I do think that if you, the, 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 for the most part, the DC audience, especially that portion of the, like the hardcore Snyder fans, like they've been well aware of this being on HBO Max. And I, I think a lot of them probably have already been subscribing. Yeah. You know, agreed. to HBO or HBO Max. Because again, that HBO and HBO Max work a little different than other services because they're a tandem. It's one number, essentially, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, and I don't think it matters. Again, I don't think that, and and nor should it, when when you're trying to build a streaming service like this, uh, you you can't be relying on, like, one or two films, right? You you have to have a long-term strategy. And all of these things fit into that strategy. Wonder Woman and BV and... um, Zack Snyder's Justice League, original content, releasing the theatrical movies simultaneously on the service, all of that stuff is part of a long-term strategy that will lead to them hopefully getting to where they want to be a couple of years down the road. I mean, it's never about today, right? That's not the important number. Because, I mean, look at WWE Network when it debuted, what their long-term goal, what their goals were at that point, and look at where they are now, uh... That's not, you know, when they launched that network, the plan wasn't to sell it to another streaming service for a billion dollars, you know, down the road. That wasn't in the plan. But, mm-hmm. you know, so you never know. It's right. It's never going to be about one movie or one thing. So uh, and if it was, you have a bigger problem, right? Because if Zack Snyder's Justice League was the thing you were going to look to drive subscriptions, I don't care what yeah. service you are. I don't care what movie it is. That's not a good long term strategy. 
Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess to, since we kind of already jumped into that realm, uh, we can talk a little bit about uh, these Disney Plus numbers. Um, Disney <clears throat> Plus, which is yeah, I'm just going to get them here. So Disney Plus has already now topped 94.9 million subscribers during the first Damn. final three months of 2020. That means that the streaming service, which is 15 months old, added 8.1 million members during the month of December alone. Because uh, their last uh, announcement prior to that was 86.8 million subscribers. December. They've already topped the 90 million goal that it had previously set for Disney Plus signups by the end of fiscal year 2024. So they, again, this is what we mean by it's hard to, it's never about just one thing. I mean, Disney was projecting that they would get to 90 million subscribers by 2024, the end of 2024. Here we are at the end of, well, here, at the time of these numbers, it was the end of 2020. They're already at wow. 95 million and counting. Wow. Uh, now, part of this just you. This is just you. No, no, no. This, this is, is worldwide. Cool. Part I was just, that's so that's where I was going next. Part of it's because they signed a significant deal with uh, Hotstar, which mm. is a service in, um, I guess, in India, which has added like twenty three or twenty four million subscribers to the worldwide total. Um, but even with that, I mean, they're still, you know, they're doing really well. It's 26 million subscribers come from that hot star deal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, monthly revenue per subscriber was actually down because of like a lot of the, you know, free trials and all of that stuff. But, you know, the, the thing is, Disney actually turned a profit in 2020, which they did not expect to do. And mm. a big reason for that is because of the success of the streaming service uh, growing beyond where, you know, people thought. I mean, I, I don't know where that 8 million additional subscribers in December alone came from. But like, I know that, you know, if they've, if they've gone up 8 million subscribers in December, I mean, I, they were, they're probably up over 40 million or so, or 45 million, just in the U S if not more 60 million, maybe in the U S I don't know what their U S subscriber number is, but look, Disney plus is a huge success. And you think it's only going to get bigger now as they start to roll out all of these Marvel shows finally, and yeah. uh, eventually you're going to get all of these Star Wars shows and, um, you know, they're continuing to use. So Soul did not get premium access or premier access, whatever they call it. Right. And they think that had something to do with the the big December, although I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't you know that Soul? 8 million people subscribe what? just for Soul. Right. But yeah. I do. And again, that's that, you know, whole thing. But um, but now. They are releasing their next animated film, which is not a Pixar, it's a Disney animated studios film, uh, for premiere access, which is interesting, right. for 30 bucks. Yeah, so, I mean, they're going down that family that family sweet spot, right? So, yeah. like, Raya and the Last Dragon. I, I mean, I heard it got people really excited during D23. They released a trailer during the Super Bowl. Looks like a fun film. Nothing I'm paying for, but if my daughter or somebody was like, hey, I want to see that film, I'd have to make the tough call. <laughs> and the tough call would be no, because if I didn't get you trolls, I ain't going to get you no Raya. But uh, 
Yeah, it's, inter- it's interesting that they're doing that. I feel like they're testing. I think this is another testing uh, moment for them. As it all it always is, right? They're always sort yeah. of looking to see what what um, what the reaction and response will be to a film like that. But the ones that you'd expect them to make money off of, they're offering for free. Yes, which is which is really bizarre to me. But then again, it kind of makes sense because then they're like, "We got you roped in at you know at the subscription level." Yep, and you're paying that money versus the thirty dollars. Which you still need the subscription anyways, but I'm saying, you know what I mean? like Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, it's amazing. <sighs> Look, I'm reading it in the beginning of 2020, uh, at least at the start of the 2020 fiscal year, they had 70 million subscribers. <laughs> you know, now yeah. they're over it. And now they're estimating that they could have as much as 230 million subscribers by 2024 instead of the 90 million they were hoping for. Wow. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty unbelievable, but yeah. you know, I mean, look, this is all the future. So we know this is happening and you, I think we're going to continue to see growth with things like HBO max and everything else. And sure, you know, I mean, it's all just event, you know, we've been talking about this forever, but yeah, I mean, oh, you know, Disney plus is also going up a buck. You know that, right? Oh, is it uh, in March, March 26, going up to $8 a month. Yeah. Or uh, eighty dollars for the year, so it's going up ten dollars for the year, or a dollar monthly. Yeah, I just, I mean, I already paid for it. Yeah. So. So I mean, look, it's year. to be expected so at this the, point. I'm still on the on the back end of it, you know. I'm not going yeah. to pay that till next year. It's it's to be expected. I mean, you know, sure. With I mean, all the con- all the money know, that got, they're you... spending on this service and. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Start pulling it in, and then you know, I mean, it's just you're still gonna get good movies, you know, at at a steal, really. Um, like Soul was great. Soul was a great film. I had to watch it three times. Uh, well, because I didn't make it through the first time. So my daughter was like, "This ain't for me." I'm done. But like, when would I have had it, had a chance? Like, say I would have gone to the theater to go see Soul, and my daughter's like, "This ain't for me." Like I just wasted money, right? You know what I mean? Which we get exactly. Yeah, it happens. All, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. I mean, choice. Choice is a huge factor in all of this. You know, Jess, my wife, watching Wonder Woman eighty four was like, "This is boring me out of my mind." Steps away from it. Doesn't want to watch anymore. I didn't have to pay for it. Well, I, I paid for it, but you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't. Like, when do you, you know, well, you can't yeah. just walk out. I mean, you can walk out of the theater, but if you're with somebody, you ain't walking out of the theater. You know right. What I mean? But here's the other amazing thing, though, too, is that, you know, we're, we're talking about these numbers. So Disney obviously had a big increase. HBO Max slash HBO had an increase, right? Uh, Netflix keeps increasing somehow. Uh, so it's like we keep hearing about increases in subscriber amount. You know, as more streaming services hit the market... I think a lot of people just assume that you would start to see this stuff start to, but we're now we're seeing incredible growth still with all of these new streaming services at a time when we're getting inundated with streaming services. So I think that bodes very well for the future of streaming and also empowers these content providers to say, Hey, you know what? This really is the way we should be going because look, there is so much room 
as people drop their cable subscriptions, as people drop linear television and go, there is more room now for them to, because look, for me, I don't think it was ever about money. And I don't mean for me, literally, I mean, to me, when I looked at why people were fed up with cable and things like that, I don't think it was so much about money. I think it was about value, right? Yeah. It's what were you getting for all of that money? The $40 in fees that you were spending every month when you have cable between your regional broadcast fees and your sports network fees and your taxes and your equipment charges and your DVR charges and HD charges and all of this stuff. You were paying 30 to $40 a month in fees, which bring you no value, right? And then just like flipping through all those channels only to then go and switch to Netflix to find something to watch, that's not a value there. So yeah, yes, you're going to spend maybe the same amount of money, maybe a little bit more even if you have all these streaming services, but it's value. You're not going to subscribe to Netflix if you're never watching it, right? You're not going to subscribe to Hulu or to Disney Plus or to Peacock or whatever if you're never going to watch it. And you could decide month to month whether you want to watch things and you have that flexibility. It's always been about value. It's never been just about money. And I think that that's the mistake that a lot of people made. So I think these streaming services are seeing that. Like, look, people are willing to have all of these services as long as we give them the value and they can figure it Mm -hmm. out from there. People have been paying for television forever. It's nothing new, but it's what they want to pay for that's changing, not Mm -hmm. whether they want to pay for it at all. So, right. Right. That's a great, great point. Great point. I mean, it's the whole reason why I disconnected. Correct. I cut the cord. Yeah. Same thing. Yep. You know, you know, I'm, all these, all this stuff for what? All this, all these channels for what? All this extra, extra yeah. stuff for nothing. Right. And I was already paying for this, the streaming stuff, so I'm like, eh, well, just cut it. Yeah. <clears throat> There's, you know, you, you start to count how many shows you're watching on network television or whatever. You're like two shows on like two channels. Mm-hmm. Right. That doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I mean? And, that you could watch basically um, for free anyway. If you pretty much. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, I'm sure there's gonna they're gonna hit all hit plateaus at some point because there's yes. only so many people in the world. Um, well, of course, obviously you're gonna yes, but yeah, I think I mean, they would be the okay is, with too, people are splitting people are splitting accounts too. You know, I I, I do it with my Disney Plus and HBO sure. Max accounts. But even with that, I mean, you can still do all those things, but they're still seeing growth, incredible growth. Yeah, yeah. So that's the key. As long as they keep seeing that growth. Who cares? Because their profit margins go up because now they're not splitting it with cable providers or right. whatever. Or theater you know, theaters or change, yeah, and things like that. Although I will say I yeah. I, I think I'm not not literally the second, but I, I as somebody who's been a big proponent of um watching movies from home, mm-hmm. right? Giving me the ability to watch them from home, I, I feel like I'm ready to now see movies in theaters. Like, I'm actually excited about... And you know what, believe it or not, you know what got me excited about it again? What? The opening... Like, the Marvel... Like, the um, the thing that they do before WandaVision, you know, like the, that whole... The Marvel fanfare. Thing, the fanfare. That yeah. thing got... Because I was like, you know what? I need to be seeing this in a theater. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. exciting stuff. I want to be in a dark theater 
that's, with that. You know what? It's funny because uh, for me, what what kind of brings that out of me is the Lucasfilm. Yep. Same uh, thing. You know. The, yeah. Same. Same thing. Yeah. Yep. It gets me very excited yeah. about uh, about being in a theater and just like, oh, we're all about to witness something magical. You know what I mean? Yes. So, um, but, not to say that you know, watching the Mandalorian, clearly watching the Mandalorian on, on well, sure, on that's Disney Plus has been fine, but yeah, and that's made um, for that, and that's fine. I get that, but yeah, I, I do miss a little bit of that, that kind of the awe of that experience. Uh, maybe I'll think differently once I'm back. You know, absence makes the yeah, heart grow oh, fonder sometimes. Suck. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> First time that annoying uh, person sits yeah. next to you, and yeah, but I, but we'll you know, see. I'll be honest, man. There, the, you, there has only been there hasn't been a, a movie where I was like, damn, I so totally wish I would have seen that in the theater. Well, so far, but again, there hasn't so been. Far. Yeah, I right. mean, there are there are other films in the past. Yeah, but... I mean, we haven't gotten to that point yet, really, where a movie that we were looking to see in the theater. I mean, maybe Wonder Woman eighty four, but I think that because of the fact that I was I'm underwhelmed, so glad I didn't see that. In yeah, the, the fact that I was underwhelmed by it, I didn't give me that feeling. But we haven't really gotten to the point where like there's been a movie like that where well, there just haven't been a lot of them. I mean, we haven't gotten a lot no. of movies right now, let and, alone. And, and, you know, and the, and the funny thing is, like, Marvel is sticking to their guns with Black Black Widow. So far, yeah. And they, they may, want it that may to work be a out. theatrical release. It may work out, you know, the way yeah. things are going. Sure. So, sure. at least to a we'll point, see. you know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, they, they may have to go the route of uh, HBO Max and do, like, a a dual, a dual thing. Yeah, although I'm sure they'll want people to pay, though. For that. Yeah, I mean, dude, I'll tell you, you drop that thing on premium access, I'm yeah. buying it. Thirty dollars, it's mine. Yeah, I agree. Heartbeat. And I'm with you. Yeah, same for me. Just, just to see, just to finally get it, just get it in. Let's yeah. see. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I felt the same way about Wonder. I mean, I would have paid that for Wonder Woman, even though as underwhelmed so as I, I was with the the final product, uh, you know, not knowing I was going to be underwhelmed by it, <clears throat> I felt like I was, I would have done that for that movie too. So yeah. Mm. Uh, all right. So, uh, did you want to talk a little bit about this whole uh, Joss Whedon situation? Yeah, I mean, we're gonna make this quick and snappy. So, yeah. Joss Whedon once again, once again, gets called out um, by a former former castmate from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Forgot her name. Charisma Carpenter. Yep. Yeah. And, and Michelle Trachtenberg also, by the way, has come out since as oh, well boy. from that show and said that. Uh, she actually was told that like she was not to be left alone with him oh, on the set. Boy. Yeah. Great. So so he's just a creep. Yes. Um yeah. You know, which again further further validates Ray Fisher's it does. Uh, ongoing ongoing fight because he continues. He um, does. And and you know what? It it uh, validates it in a sense of like again, you know, still you know, trying to connect the dots with Jeff Johns, who he's still going after. And, you know, and now obviously what he did with Walter Hamada and all that stuff. But, and, you know, we, we know that Joss Whedon clearly was disciplined as part of that, right? He was the yeah. one guy who lost his gig there and everything like that. So we, this is not surprising, right, um, that this is a thing. But it, it does point to, um, you know, I mean, clearly Ray Fisher now... You could say that there was obviously some legit stuff going on there. 
And, yeah. you know, now I look, I get when they say, well, he was fired, but, you know, he had said that he would not be part of any DC film or any film that Walter Hamada was involved in. Right. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what options they really had other than getting rid of Walter Hamada, which they clearly right. were not going to do. Um, but at the same time, it does start to say like, hey, you know what? I mean, the guy is the reason why this investigation happened, right? Clearly, there was legitimate stuff here and, and stuff that's, you know, still coming out. And look, Charisma Carpenter said it, it was Ray Fisher that got right. her to talk, like him standing up and getting this investigation, what led to her deciding to participate in the investigation and, and telling her story. Right. Um, you know, I mean, so uh, good for Ray Fisher, you know, and, you know, obviously shame on Joss Whedon, you know, a guy that... Um, Oh, he's probably, going the way of Brett Ratner. He will, yeah, as he should. And yeah. you know what? Um, I guess we'll see now what else goes on. Because, yeah. you know, now you start to, when you start to add a lot of legitimacy to this, it's like, well, is this now going to start to trickle down? Yeah. You know I mean? Like, if I'm it's, Ray Fisher right like now, and we've gone back and forth on this, and, you know, Ray Fisher's made it a little difficult because of, you know, how vague he's been with certain things. But you know what? Maybe mm-hmm. part of the reason why he's been vague about it is because a lot of these stories are other people's stories to tell. Right. I'm sure he has his own stuff, clearly. Right. But a lot of this stuff, too, could have also been other people's stories to tell. So, um, you know, at this point, if you're him, like, you should be continuing on with this. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, and get, you know, let that momentum build and let more come out and let more people come out and, and see what happens. So, yeah, it's, uh, oh, some heavy, heavy stuff. Um, you know, I think, uh, it is a shame that someone in that, in that, uh, position of power has, uh, has harassed, demeaned so many people um and it's been a long time where he has gotten away with it um i'm glad that these folks are speaking their truth and uh taking him and the studios that have enabled him to to task so um yeah i'm I'm interested to see how how this all shakes out but uh i agree you know i think i think ray fisher's and this was our argument from the beginning was like the approach was a little weird. Uh, but to your point, you know, there may there's obviously a rhyme and reason behind all of that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that other people are kind of coming, coming forward and, and, and helping validate his uh, his story and uh, and adding some fuel to the fire because no, no one should get away with that stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it, you know, it, which is what makes it tough is because, like, again, when you start to bring this into the court of public opinion it's difficult if you're going to be vague. Right. And that was one of the things we were saying in the beginning was like, because it's like, you don't know what, where they're coming from. It's like, well, is this self-serving? Is it not? And other people weren't really standing up. I mean, people would say, Oh, I stand with Ray Fisher, but they really weren't like, it it actually, it makes you think now, like some of these other people that even the ones who said, Oh, we support him," But like these other people that haven't actually come out and really been aggressive, yeah. In what like the other cast members and stuff like that and people on the crew. Right. Um you start to think like well, what are they what's going on with them? Well so that you know I was thinking about that and it, it you know I think it's one of those things where maybe maybe these 
interactions are on a one-to-one basis, right? So they are in, sure, in passing, possible. they're in yep. behind closed doors. You know, he signals out the weak, the what he views as the weak one in the bunch, and goes after them and kind of says things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, who knows what his uh, what his reactions are? I mean, the the whole uh, was a charisma carpenter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her story about being pregnant and being called to set at like, you know, ridiculous. Yeah, one o'clock time. in the morning. Yeah, one o'clock in the morning and the working crazy hours and then having Braxton Hicks contractions. It's like there are other people on the set knowing that she's pregnant. I would assume, and no one's stepping in saying, "Hey, you know." Yeah, well, it dude, speaks to a the, you know, and, and Banana, you know, has said this before. Like, it speaks to the whole institutional element of this right yeah and 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 this is what ray fisher ultimately was trying to break through um yeah i mean it, it's you know it, and it's clearly it's bigger than even a lot of people realize you know sure i um i read a story recently about the kid who um he plays peter in jumanji and the first one with robin williams and um kirsten dunst and he recall he had a, a memory of the director. Um, who, was it Joe Johnson? Maybe who did the first Jumanji? I'm totally forgetting. But the director wanting or second unit whatever wanted to do another take of the the scene where they're all in the water and the kids were freezing and it was late. And he tried to ask the parents and Robin Williams steps in and was like, you got what you got, what you needed. Like, there's no need to continue to push these kids further. And it was like, like that is, that is the business, right? It's like one other take, like just push a little further, push a little further. And like, I'm gonna take advantage of this. Like we just got to get this shot done. And you are doing it on like people are having to act on fumes. Like these are kids, all of that pressure mm-hmm. of like needing to get it right. And, you know, had Robin Williams, what if Robin Williams was a piece of shit and was like, yeah, these kids are going to have to do another take. Like, this would have scarred them. And clearly it it made an impact because they remember, this kid, this dude remembers Robin Williams advocating on his behalf and saying, like, you're done. You know, like, we're yeah. done. We're it, not was Joe, like, it was Joe Johnston, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that is, I you know, unfortunately that, that, that is probably with built in the DNA of the industry. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a of an episode of This Is Us that I j- just watched, where uh, one of the characters is having his 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 fiance is uh, in labor, and he's on a movie set and he's about to meet De Niro, and he's like, "I gotta go," and they're like, "Wait, where are you doing? Like, we can get you out of here by tomorrow morning. Like, you just we'll just do six hours." And he's like, "No, I'm leaving," and then the world blows up. You know, his agent is calling him yep. and the director calls him back and is like, you know, you need to turn around right now and get back. And he's like, shut up. I don't care about your movie. Like, I quit. You know what I mean? And, and if that's the expectations that are put on actors, like, God, I'm glad I'm not an actor. Yeah. And, you know, it's tough, man. The other thing, too, is with this circling back to the Ray Fisher thing is, you know, Charisma Carpenter, did, she said her quote was, his firing as cyborg in the Flash was the last straw for her. That's when she decided wow. to come out and publicly announce that, you know, this is what this happened is what to happened. me, basically. Yeah, but but, but here, here's the thing about that. Like, I, 
Like, Joss Whedon's already, you know, I don't know if there's anything more besides well, because I, making him making him a black spot yeah, in Hollywood, which I think it's no, oh, I think that's a thing. I don't even think it was about that. I think, like she said, you know, his firing, she says, his firing cyborg in the flesh was the last straw for me. She goes, although I'm not shocked, I am deeply pained by it. It troubles and saddens me that in 2021, professionals still have to choose between whistleblowing in the workplace and job security. It has taken me so long to muster the courage to make this statement publicly. The gravity of it is not lost on me. As a single mother whose family's livelihood is dependent on my craft, I'm scared. Despite my fear about its impact on my future, I can no longer remain silent. This is overdue and necessary. It is time. So I feel like, you know, it's not even about Joss Whedon at this point. Yeah, Um, it's about just standing up. Because she spoke her truth on Joss Whedon in the investigation, and it led to him getting wherever. But this is more about people finally coming out and saying, um, you know, hey, this is what's going on. Like, this is some of the stuff that Ray Fish, not that he was talking about, you know, Charisma Carpenter, obviously, uh, because she wasn't involved in that situation. But like, these are the, this is, there's real stuff going on here. You know, um, yeah. and it's not just like whatever. So I, I do think that that's, that's a big part of this. You know, I think we're in that yeah. phase now where it's like, you know, oh man, this guy got fired. And again, part of it was his own doing just because of the fact that he he said he wouldn't make another movie uh, for, you know, right. that Walter Mata was involved in. So, you know, really forces the hand there. But, but just, um, yeah. uh, you know, kind of giving him some backup, which he hasn't really received. Again, other than mm-hmm. hashtag I stand with Ray Fisher, like this is the first real concrete backup that we've got. Yeah, that's that's wild, man. Like again, you said it. The castmates, not you know, they've said some things here and there, but again, it makes you wonder. Yeah, what were they exposed to? And it reminds me. Um, uh, have you seen uh, Bombshell? No. It's a it's a good movie. Um, very similar. The you know the whole like sort of implosion of Fox and, uh, you know, Megyn Kelly and all of, all of that stuff. It's very similar, Mm. you know, where one person speaks their truth and is waiting right in the cut for others to kind of come to their aid and, and verify some of their statements because they are being blasted and taken down by, you know, media and by the, by the power, right. The studio and, and uh, the network and, uh, you know, Megan Kelly, I guess, coming forward and saying that she had also uh, been a victim of Roger Ailes. Uh, yes. Harassment um, is what kind of turned it on its head. Yeah. And and uh, and really put the nail in the coffin. And so, I mean, th- this very, very similar situation. Yeah. So. All right. Well, yeah. and uh, so before we get out of here quick, the one note I did want to make, because it's interesting, you know, as the, with the U.S. box office being in the shape that it's in right now, you know, where it's like the, the number one movie for the week makes like two million dollars for the weekend or two and a half million dollars. Uh, China, though, is not having that issue at all. Have you seen the weekend cool. box office for China? I have not. This China. So they just released Detective Chinatown three. Mm-hmm. And it is going to gross an estimated three hundred ninety-seven million dollars this weekend. Damn! Damn! Yeah, it tops Avengers Endgame's twenty nineteen five-day China bow, and it's going to be not only the biggest opener in China history, but also the 
the biggest opening weekend ever in a single market, overtaking Endgame's North American launch of $357 million from April of 2019. Wow. And it set new IMAX records as well. Uh, so... So movie theaters are not dead. No, not certainly not in China. <laughs> not yet. Uh, and again, markets are different there because, you know, they're not, you know, th- that's still the primary way to watch movies there. Obviously, they don't right. have all these services. Right. But, I mean, it does, I, I do think that, you know, that is an industry that will recover somewhat. But the thing is that it's, you know, again, the story of U.S. movie theaters is bigger than just, um, and we could get into this another day, but it's bigger than just um, the pandemic and having been locked down, right. shut down for right, the right, year. Right. It's, it was right. about the fact that they were trying to figure out survival prior to the pandemic. You know, I mean, AMC was declaring bankruptcy before the pandemic. You know, so mm-hmm. it, the idea of just shifting trends and how to get people to theaters and and how people access content stuff that was things they were all going to be dealing with anyway the pandemic obviously hurt that so yes it doesn't mean that you're never going to be able to have these blockbusters that do well but it's 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 about what happens in between those Mm -hmm. so yeah fascinating yeah all right so on that note Let's uh, get up out of we here. We can get out of here. And, uh, of course, you can go to thefanboygarage.com and you can check out our episodes and our merch and all of that stuff. And, of course, join the conversation on the social medias, the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagrams, at the Fanboy Garage. And, of course, for those of you who would like to watch us, uh, this episode, like last week's episode, will not have a video version. Um, but we do have our video versions up of our prior uh few episodes uh you could check those out on our youtube channel the fanboy garage podcast subscribe to that like our episodes hit that notification button so you know when we drop a new one for you all that fun stuff you could find me on twitter at real seal mighty and you can find me on twitter at a a ron speaks that is a underscore a underscore ron speaks Thank you so much for listening to episode 132 of the Fanboy Garage. As always, we appreciate your listenership, and we will catch you guys next week. You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast.